Hello and welcome to The Bottom Line. The Bottom Line really means the crux of the matter. That's where we are today. The Bottom Line is brought to you uh, by Life Christian Broadcasting Network and End Times Media and is being shown on End Times Television. We're going to be touching on a few subjects over the next few days that I hope are going to interest you, challenge you and bless you. Today I have with me Dr. Greg Reed, and I'm going to read from my notes just a little bit about him, and then he's going to give us a little explanation of his ministry, and then we are going to be talking about, wait for it, Christian occultism. We'll tell you more about that in a moment. Dr. Reed is a retired private investigator, over 20 years experience as a contract criminal justice trainer on occult crimes and crimes against children. He's the author of 11 books, including Trojan Church, A Cry in the Wilderness, The Color of Pain, and the recently released War of the Ages, a complete scriptural guide to confronting and defeating Satan's kingdom. That's in the deep end right there. Greg, welcome to The Bottom Line. Thank you. It's a pleasure Great to, to have here. you with us. Tell us a little bit about your ministry, Youth Fire Ministries, I believe it is. Isn't yes, it, yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, well, currently uh, doing a lot of, we've got a podcast, and uh, because of the shutdown and everything, not doing as much traveling as I did before, but we're doing a lot and getting books out into the hands of people who can. Uh, a lot of the books are like training manuals for believers, uh, young and people that are seasoned in ministry, realizing the reality that we're in a spiritual warfare we haven't ever faced before. Right. So at this point, you know, I think you know, because you've been in ministry for a long time, you have to be very flexible. And so yeah. the course of the ministry has changed. I was youth pastor here in El Paso for about uh, seven years, and then the course of that changed. And now we're got home Bible studies and just... Um, Teaching the word every way we can. Beautiful, beautiful. And you're reaching not, although it's called youth fire ministers. You're meeting, you're reaching people of various age groups. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're right. I've been in the ministry fifty three years. I dread to say, but you know, <laughs> it's very interesting. Yes, you learn a lot. <laughs> I want to start with a scripture before we actually get into any discussion about Christian occultism. Uh, and we're going to be talking about things like yoga, the anagram, and, and, and other things. But in Second uh, Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3 and 4, it says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth, and be turned aside to fables. Now, there's a lot of that going on in the world today, that's for sure. I think we're in a situation now where people just don't know which way to turn, Greg. Absolutely. And Christian occultism, it's a very interesting title. Can you enlarge on that and, and explain what you mean by that? Well, you know, the word occult means hidden. And there's something, I, I, I remember Paul's words saying that you know, he said, I'm concerned for you like the serpent deceived Eve. So your minds will be turned from the, from the simplicity, which is in Christ. And one of the things that I'm constantly saying to people is about the, the mess that we get in in the churches. Why isn't Jesus enough? 
uh, but people are drawn to mystery. They're yes. drawn to hidden things. And, you know, you because I, I was growing up as a Christian, we would joke, you know, are you part of the Deeper Life Club? Because <laughs> you'd have to go to so many seminars and, yeah. you know, read so many books of some teacher to yeah. be part of that club. Uh, I never made the club, but that's probably a good thing. <laughs> uh, but there is something that, in us of the flesh nature that's drawn to some of the mystery uh, elements that were forbidden by God. And so there's a lot of things that have come in under the wire in the church got in the guise of Christian, a new Christian teaching, which are actually steeped in very old occult teachings. And mm. that's, that's a big concern. Right. And, and it, I get the impression, and I have done over, over the years, that Christians are always looking for something new and something different. Um, and obviously in the whole realm of Christian occultism is that whole mystical thing. And, and, and they get caught up with these kinds of things, you know, like I think we, were, we mentioned earlier, uh, one of the issues being yoga, for mm -hmm. example. It all seems okay because it just seems like it's a series of exercises right. to keep you fit. And maybe there is some truth in that. There's some deeper issues, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. And uh, anyone who's been in the in that realm or in the occult or, or knows about Hinduism understands that you cannot separate yoga from the religion. And the, the yoga masters know that. I have a letter uh, on file from a yoga master from India who was actually writing to some of the Krishnas who were promoting it and saying, stop this. This is our religion. Oh, You cannot separate this and when you actually study it, you understand that yoga, every pose in yoga means something. It is a prayer to a Hindu god or goddess, every single one. Really? And the ultimate goal is to open up your chakras, which are the ten energy centers in your body, supposedly, uh, until you finally open up the, the last most powerful one, which is called kundalini, which uh, is centered at the base of your spine. It's a serpent spirit. Wow. And so all of these poses are to eventually get to the place where you release the kundalini spirit and it coils up all the way up through your spine, explodes out of your third eye, and makes you one with the divine. Oh and I've had to pray with people who had that experience as, and they came to Christ and they're still damaged. Really? Because it's, it was such a destructive experience. So when I see Christians trying to Christianize it, I'm like, you have no idea. But the thing that bothers me is I have actually brought this information even to pastors who are sponsoring yoga classes. And all I hear is crickets. It's like, don't tell me the truth on this. We have a class coming up. That's an income probably for the right. church. Yeah, right. and that's disturbing. So it's one of those examples where people don't, they're, they're, they're so wanting something new, something exciting. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of, there's plenty of fitness opportunities out there. Uh, uh, that are quite clean and clear mm -hmm. and all this kind of thing. Um, but people are drawn to yoga. Yeah. And and so is it, it's not just the exercises, is it? it? There must be something that's drawing them there. It's seductive. It's seductive. So yeah. it's a seductive spirit. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, watch this. Watch. We're going to just watch. Watch. That is an exercise I'm stretching. It's not to a god. I'm just stretching my arm. Everybody can do that. Yes. You don't, if, you know, there's this expression we have in, in the old days is if you call them, they will come. So if you're doing a, 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 an expression with your body that is deliberately has been dedicated to a god or a goddess, well, there's some demonic influence there so that's going to recognize that. Right. And so 
you know, it's just one of many things that Christians get tied up in. They don't know. And we've always said, if you don't know, you don't know. But if you know, you need to do something. Yeah. I mean, one of the, um, I don't know a lot about yoga, but but one of the things that uh, I recall obviously hearing about is that, that you need to get into a place where you empty your mind. So if you if you are emptying your mind, that's like vacant possession. Something must want to be able to take that over, and that's coming through this practice, presumably. Yes, it is, and that, and then that leads into another form of uh, what they call contemplative prayer, which is pretty much the same thing, a little more Christianized, a little more you know mystical with the ancient church fathers and stuff. Yeah, but it, the idea is the same that you just have to kind of empty your mind and. Maybe repeat the word God a hundred times. And, you know, the Bible tells us to meditate, but it, it tells us to meditate on the word of God. Yeah. We don't empty something. We fill something because the mind is a very powerful vehicle. Right. And it's the battleground, isn't it? Absolutely. That's the battleground, yeah. I think, for believers. Yeah. So, uh, you, that's an interesting point you make. We don't empty something. We fill something. Yes. And we do that through meditation on God. Absolutely. So by emptying your mind, you're just ex- you're just saying, "Look, I'm, I'm I'm an empty vessel," which sounds nice and Christian, right? But you open the door then to demonic forces. It's very that come easy. through that religious uh, background, making yoga look like it's just a time for fitness and all that kind of thing. Well, you know, when we went through this back in the in the seventies, I'm sure you recall. I was a pretty young believer in ministry, and so I was looking into everything that was going to help people, and we went through a thing called the inner healing movement. Yes, I remember that. And it had some good elements to it, but then it got a little bit hinky along the way. And, right. Um, I remember one story I heard about a guy who just really had a bad relationship with his dad, and so they took him into Christian imagination world, the world of imagination, to imagine themselves as a child you know, and their father never played baseball with them. And so they imagined Jesus showing up and playing baseball with them. And I'm like, no, no, this is not biblical. You don't make stuff up. And so there's a whole world out there in the, uh, particularly in some of the signs and wonders movement, which has some good stuff, but also some very uh, questionable stuff about using imagination to get to some form of healing. And I, that's just not biblical. That's no, just no. very dangerous because anything can show up. They teach us in the schools in the secular way. They teach children how to find their imaginary friend right. through meditation, which, by the way, they don't call it meditation. They don't call it yoga for children. It's called um, mindfulness. mindfulness. That's the new buzzword. My yeah. goodness me. Yeah. It, it's interesting you go back to that period of time because, as I recall, there were a number of ministries that kind of rose up at that time which were only focused on inner healing um, and looking looking for demons in your past and all that kind of thing. And I know from some of the ministry I was involved in in those days that it caused more harm than good. And there was also, and I forget the actual term, you may recall it, this term of, take, uh, of regressive memory uh, issues where they try to take you back into your childhood to remember things that probably didn't even happen. Mm. So there's a kind of an auto-suggestion thing going on. Yes, there. absolutely. Yeah. And you found that when you in in that period of time in the in that sort of inner healing 
ministry. Yes, that got, got to be very dangerous because in my own life, I went through a lot of stuff as a child, and I blocked out a lot of stuff as a child. And I did have, by God's grace, find a way to unblock those memories. But it was not stuff like, let's go back and, mm. you know, imagine yourself. I'm not, no. no. God unlocked that himself. Yeah. That it gets dangerous at some point when you start to take people into the realm because right. it's almost like hypnosis. Yeah. And our minds and our hearts, I mean, the Bible says our hearts are deceitfully wicked, incurably sick. Who can know it? And so it's too cloudy. And so we start always with the basis of the Word of God for things like inner healing. But it was a very difficult deal for me because I'm, I won't mention any names, but I was friends with one of the leaders of the inner healing movement. I started to correspond with her, and she was very well known, and we had a good friendship by correspondence. And she invited me to one of her conferences in East Texas, and it was a large conference. Every, it was a who's who of the Christian world. Mm. It was a who's who of the broken Christian right. world. Right. The divorcees of the big evangelists and the people who lost their ministries did yeah. whatever. And I was looking forward to it. But when they started the meeting, they had a worship leader that sang a couple of rather strange songs and then had everybody get up and say, okay, now for the ne this next song, just take a hold of the shoulders of the person in front of you and start massage their shoulders as we're worshiping. I'm like, Nobody's going to touch me at this point. This is getting a little weird. And so I knew something. It was little clues, just those little yes. Holy Spirit clues. And then my friend got up. And she says, I'm not going to teach this weekend. I'm going to ask a man that's my spiritual father and mentor to teach. And this guy got up, and within the first three minutes, I'm in a, almost a panic mode because he's saying, we're going to talk about God this weekend, whoever you perceive him or her to be. Wow. And we're going to talk about the word, the Bible that contains the words of God. Now, I came out of the New Age, so he's using all the buzzwords. Buzzwords, yeah. And I was, and I tried to talk to my friend, but she could see by my face that I wasn't going. So she shielded herself from me even talking to her. Mm. And the next day, we had a men's meeting where this guy told a group of 50-some-odd men that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene and that he could cuss as good as a longshoreman and I got up in the middle of the meeting and I just said sir I'm just you are a liar and you are a deceiver and a false prophet I'm not going to stand here and let you deceive Good these men and that was kind of the end of the meeting yes I can imagine <laughs> <laughs> we went outside and he I was standing by a fence it was like a horse pasture and he came up he said you know son I used to be just like you I used to believe that the Bible was the word of God but I grew up and so will you and I think I, I don't have an edit button. I think I said something like, sir, I'd rather be dead than end up like you. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah. But that I saw how quickly something that had some good elements like the inner healing movement, yeah. when it's not biblically grounded, yeah. can become an entire other and very dangerous thing. Yes, yes. And, and the other thing I found, Greg, you, you probably found it too, was that people who were in this inner healing ministry, as it were, didn't have any qualifications or training necessarily. And so they were doing what a psychotherapist might do. They're doing what a psychologist might do. They're doing what a psychiatrist might do. And they've got no training, no nothing. They just feel that the Lord has led them there. And they've caused a lot of harm. They, they they, they've taken people into a lot of damage yeah. in their lives. And I, so I found that there were a lot of people doing that who had absolutely no skill sets at all other than the fact they felt called of God to do it. 
Yeah, that's a very dangerous place yeah, to be. Yeah, it, it really is. So do, do you find that what that experience you had that you just described, how close is that to the whole yoga issue and the new age issue? How, how do they kind of almost blend together? Well, a lot of the basic principles in the new age movement revolves on the idea that we have the divine within and we just have to search within to open up the divine within. Mm. And so whenever we as Christians start to, I mean, we have to examine our hearts. Paul tells us to examine yourself mm. to see whether you're in the faith. Yes. But it never departs from, this is where we start is the word of God. It's the word that examines us. It's the word that right. searches. We say, search, search me, oh God, okay. not God, I'm going to search myself. Let's yeah. see what we come up with. Yeah. And so the whole inner healing, the whole New Age movement is based on this very cloudy area of imagination and of experience. I believe in experience. I experienced Jesus. That's mm -hmm. why I'm here in the Lord. Yes. But that experience didn't come. It wasn't contrary to the Word of God. And so I think the reason that the New Age has succeeded in infiltrating the church is because there's a whole uh, area where it's preaching experiences. There was a book out a couple of years ago about drawing circles, you know, how you draw a circle. And, you know, there was some rabbi years ago that drew circles and demanded that it not rain and da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, circle, circle drawing is an occult practice. Yes. Circle, drawing a circle is the foundational uh, uh, tool of all witchcraft, whether it's Satanism, whether it's Wicca, whether it's any of that. And so I was concerned that they were going in that direction. Can we just go into that area just a little bit more? Um, we've got about 10 minutes left before we close down. That whole area of occultism, which we started off by calling it Christian occultism, and we touched on yoga. There's also a thing that I think we talked about once before uh, this week called the anagram. Yes. Is is that all related to the the occultic lifestyle as it were? Absolutely is. And it's just been the last three or four years. Uh it's, the Enneagram is it's it it's just like a, a chart with different numbers, colors, whatever, that's it's been somehow Christianized by one of the, you know, mystical Christian authors to show you it's like a personality thing, how to tell what your personality is, who you're gonna get along with, you know. But the Enneagram was, was actually created by a man uh, 30, 40 years ago, maybe more. It's been around since a long time. I think it was started by a, a mystic by the name of G.I. Gurdjieff, who was a mystic that created a system of numbers and charts like that, kind of the foundational. But this other man, I've actually got a video of him saying, in fact, I am the one that created the modern version of the Enneagram and I got it through automatic writing. And for those that don't know what automatic writing is, it's where you sit down, empty your mind, put your, uh, a pencil or a paper, uh, pen in your hand on a piece of paper and let a spirit write through you. So that's where we have the Enneagram that's being promoted in a lot of evangelical churches right I, I, now. Yeah, and I've, I've heard pastors talk about this yeah. uh, and the use of it. 
I know when I was, uh, I have a background in social work, and when I was in social work, we did the, all the personality training. Largely, most people go into social work, I think, to find out about themselves. But, you know, <laughs> largely, to the, the, the whole beginning of that was to find out a bit about yourself, but then to learn about others. But to have something like that in the church, and then to have that, that, uh, uh, that writing, as it were, where you empty yourself, oh, my goodness me. I, isn't it interesting how, for some reason or other, Christians tend to want to be, or some Christians, I should say, uh, tend to want to be meandering on the edge of these things, like almost playing with it a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, a lady who'd messed about with a Ouija board, and uh, she phoned me up one day and said, look, I, I, I'm... I don't know what's going on, she said. She d- I didn't know she was messing around with the Ouija board at the time. But she said, um, things are happening in my house. I said, well, like what? She said, well, I walk past the mirror, I see something in it. Um, I, I, things fall off the wall. Um, there's, the doors are opening and closing and all this kind of thing. And I said, she's, we're on the phone right now. And I said, so... Have you played about with a Ouija board or something like that? She said, well, actually, yes, my, my daughter and I did recently do that. I said, well, then you can expect this. So what we now have to do is come to your home and cleanse it and drive out those demonic forces. And, and now the Ouija board is sold as a game, you know, for people to play. But they don't realize what's actually going on. And I'll talk from some personal experience, Greg, and you again, probably know more about than I do. When I was 14 years old, uh, we were, my friends and I were in this old Victorian house with gas lights. The, the electricity wasn't working. We were in gas lights, so we, got, we, we did a Ouija board, uh, made it up ourselves. I was only 14 at the time. Put our fingers on the uh, glass and we asked the spirit to say something. My gosh. There was this incredible high pitched humming noise that came from the glass and one of the group another boy about 13 or 14 swore at the glass the glass slid across the table smashed on his lap well there was a fight to get out of the door (laughs) at 14 years of age but that's when I look and I thank God there was nothing that 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 actually um took over our, it's our possession. We weren't possessed in any way. God must have had his hand on us at the time and we didn't know it. But that's how dangerous it, it actually is, isn't it? it it's have extremely. you been involved with people who, you know, to deliver them? To oh, absolutely. Of course, you know, I practiced all that before I became a Christian. Oh, okay. So I knew how real it was. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I've seen Christians who have done that, and that's one of the standard questions when we're going through helping people is, did you have you played with this? But, you know, and, and then just recently, somebody invented an angel board. Oh, really? I haven't heard that. Yeah, yeah, so that you can talk to the angels through the board instead of you know doing the Ouija board. It's the same exact thing. Wow! Uh, but that's a whole other area we could get into sometime is angelology in the church because that's starting to be a thing, and we need to be very careful. We don't need a angelology. method. Angelology. Yes. Yeah. This, and I'm hearing a lot of people that are actually borrowing from. Uh, Jewish mysticism and trying to incorporate it into their Christian faith of dealing with angels, talking to angels, right. manipulating angels. It's kind of scary. 
It is. I, I, now, this is new to me. I hadn't, I hadn't heard of this before. Angelology. Yeah. And it's really arose by any other name. Right. At the end of the day. And it, it's, it's the Ouija board, but with a different just name. Just covered it up. Yeah. And we just... See, here's the thing, Ray. I think it's kind of foundational to all of this is our default position is deception yes. as human beings. Yes. It's the, it, was our, it was our vulnerable point in the garden. And it still is. And believers need to understand they are not immune to deception. No. The scriptures are very clear about that. And so we have to be on guard all the time. Well, I, and you're right because that's a, that's a good use of the word default, I think. So that's our default position. Because if you go all the way back to heaven before we were all created, deception started there when, the, when Satan... The, uh, managed to um, convince a third of the angels, and I'm not sure that we know what the numbers are there, but a third of the angels to follow him. That was deception. And it's followed all the way through now, isn't it? From the Garden of Eden into mankind. Mm-hmm. So based on all of, all of this, Greg, we've got about three minutes left on this. What would you say to Christians who are watching this program, who are dabbling with things, who may be doing yoga, who may be looking at the anagram and so on. What would you say to them at this point in time? I would say run. I would say get rid of all of it. You don't need it. You don't need, we do not need a tool to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't need a tool outside of the scriptures to have the Holy Spirit work in our lives. And I think if they want to know you can write to several different ministries, including my own. We'll be glad to give you the facts on the ground. What is the Enneagram? There's a great ministry from California called Lighthouse Trails, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, has a, a, a wealth of information on these subjects. Find out for yourself. Be sure of it. Mm-hmm. But don't just take my word for it or our word for it. There, this is verifiable information. But once you know, yeah. you don't have a choice. If you hold on to it after having known, then you've already opened yourself up to further deception. Right. So it's got to be a 100% clean cut. Yes, yes. And, and I'm sure there are people out there watching us right now who have been messing around with this stuff. Maybe you thought it was fun. Maybe you thought, as Greg was just saying, that you would be able to reach the angels. I, I don't know. But you would certainly be messing around in a dangerous area. Trust me, there are demonic forces at work in this whole realm, and they are looking to find a way into your life. I think both of us have, have, have experienced over the years people who have needed deliverance from these kinds of issues, people who have uh, got themselves into a lot of deep trouble, uh, who are, have all kinds of strange things happening in their lives, it's because they've been dabbling. It's because they've been messing around. They've treated it as fun. They've treated it as a joke, etc. And some of you who are watching may be those people. And if you are and you, you're frightened, you're scared, you're having bad dreams, whatever it is, please contact us. We can give you Greg's information for counseling. Please contact us and we'll pray for you. Now, you may be wondering in closing why this is on there. This is on there to remind you 
not the timing of the program, but to let you know that time is running out and that one day very soon Jesus is coming back. Thank you. Thank you.